We all want happy, healthy families, and that quest for good health begins at birth. Sadly, many of our nation's infants have a much more difficult journey reaching their first birthday than other infants. African-American babies, for instance, are as much as two and a half times less likely to reach their first birthday than Caucasian babies. This disturbing disparity has given rise to a national forum, a forum wherein healthcare professionals, birth workers, policymakers, and family planning experts share information and ideas to combat the scourge of black infant mortality and maternal morbidity. Welcome to the GAP podcast series. Welcome back to season two of the GAP podcast series. Now, today in our first episode of season two, we're blessed with one of our favorite guests from last year, Miss Jasmine Farish. Say hello to our listeners, Jasmine. You really laying it on thick. <laughs> That's because you're one of our favorite guests from last year. So we were planning what we were going to do for season two for our opening, our opener this year. And of course, COVID has happened. Mm-hmm. And I just got back from California from burying my uncle who was 92 years old. And now he did not die of COVID. He, he died probably of old age. Um, and because he had a stroke, because he wouldn't go to the dentist because he had an abscess tooth, mm. which we encouraged him to go, but he wouldn't go. So he had a stroke and ended up going to the hospital. But the point of that story is, is that when he did die, we learned that because of all the COVID deaths in Los Angeles County, there was a seven-week lag for mortuary services. Wow. So many of the bodies were just on refrigerated trucks. So... I just got back from L.A. and just kind of dealing with with all of that and thinking about our first show for this year. And lo and behold, I get a text from Jasmine. I want to be back on the Gap podcast series. And this is what I want to talk about. And I was the timing of it was so perfect for you that you get to be on the first episode of season two. So. Thank you for reaching out to me. So I want to start off just by asking you, just, you know, in the world, that this COVID world that you've lived in, just tell me what's been going on with you and with Community Wellness of Tyler, which is your company, and the things that have been happening since the last time we spoke. A lot has been shaken up. Okay. Kind of the, the way we do things. So and trying to figure out how to serve the community within a pandemic comfortably where everybody feels good about what's happening. Um, And so that looks like, you know, how do we provide care virtually when a woman is used to, you know, especially during pregnancy. I want to come in. I want to see my provider. I want her to touch my belly, check on my baby, you know, all those things. But how do we do that safely? Um, through a pandemic and right now that looks like doing something hybrid you know maybe you don't come in the office every visit we can visit over video I can teach you how to uh, check on your baby teach you how to care for yourself because that's really what it's about like at the end of it I want you to feel empowered to know 
how to handle the changes that are in your body, that are happening in your body while you're pregnant and moving forward, right? Well, that's got to be a better, in many ways, a, a strategy that could be a better strategy that you're just saying there's some of these things that you can really do without without me and there are things that are really empowering to you but it it breaks the norm it, it it's away from what everyone is is accustomed to I think from my side seeing <clears throat> providers like why they want you to come in right because right. it comes down to money yeah everybody has to eat so why would I teach you why would I teach you how to care for yourself? That's what you have me for. So come see me. Come spend your money with me so that uh, I could tell you what to do. Most of the times when I talk to moms, it's like, Nurse Jay, I've been feeling this way. I think I should do this. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. They just need me to confirm what they've already been feeling. And that I feel like that's how you affect change, right? So I'm teaching one mom how to care for her body. That mom teaches her children. You know, pre-pandemic when we were doing home visits, that was the best part of a home visit. We sitting at the table with multiple generations of people and getting to talk with them and sit with them, listen, offer some advice build relationships and then they go and spread the new knowledge yeah that's that's really something powerful because one of the things that that I'm beginning to see clearly on this journey is that when you think about when you consider the African American journey in in this country so much of it has been we heal and we learn as a community mm-hmm. we heal and we learn as a collective and that what you said just going in sitting around the table with people building a relationship with them educating them informing them during that period how powerful is that I think COVID has really taught me the importance of sitting with people before you lose them. So before we before we get into positive aspects of what we've been able to glean from the from the coronavirus experience, I want to ask you about the vaccine. Now, you've taken the vaccine. I have. Okay. What was your experience like? I think I had more anxiety going into it than anything. So, no long-term, I mean, no 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 short-term effects, no No. No nothing. You 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 took which, no which one did you which vaccine did you did you take? So, I we received the Pfizer vaccine, so two doses. Right. Um, I think symptom-wise, really just some fatigue, feeling tired, you know, after work, maybe I just 
eat and go to bed, right. maybe some headaches. Um, which the second time around, I learned, took a Tylenol or something ahead of time and was fine. So I know it may seem easy for, or maybe not, but we've seen a push in the media as far as having, you know, black providers, black nurses, um, black figures being vaccinated where we could see to reach our community. But I also want like people to know as a provider, it was a tough decision. Cause I'm, I'm a provider, I'm in the medical field, but I am also a black woman with experiences that influence my decision. But at the end of the day, when I did my own research, when I looked into the science, I felt like I was making the right decision for me, for my family, you know, coming to see my parents. That's important to me. And so it's important for me to provide care for my community and to do that safely. So for me, I had to make that decision. And I understand people that sit with that decision a little longer than others. So tell me about, as, as a healthcare professional, tell me about the science. Tell me about what you uncovered from your research that influenced you to make the choice you made. What is the science behind this? I think learning how, I mean, going back to the basics, learning how viruses occur, how do they replicate, you know, how does, because a lot of the misunderstanding is that with a vaccine, you're going to give me corona, my body's going to react, and then I'll build antibodies. Give me a live virus, kind of like the flu vaccine, right? People report, they feel, I got the flu from the flu vaccine. That's not really how it works, you know. Um, it's not a live virus that they're giving you. Now the body reacts in order to create an atmosphere where if they, were, if they were to come in contact with that virus while you're out in the community enjoying life, then we know what to do with it. So it's really the vaccine teaches the body, when you encounter this issue, this is how you react, this is how you treat it. and we're building muscle memory. I feel like that's the easiest way to say it. We're building muscle memory where if you encounter this problem, we know how to fix it. The body does its own thing to get it back to equilibrium. When you get people that come to you and say, Nurse Jay, I don't know if I'm gonna take the vaccine or not. I'm afraid, I'm reticent. What's your response to them? Tell me why you feel that way. I think responding with, out of curiosity is the best way to handle it. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about it. What have you heard? What are your fears? Because as, as a provider, if I'm coming to you, like I need to know your lens. So then I can help you and educate you, prepare you to make the best decision for your family. 
And sometimes that means not taking the vaccine, and that's okay. As long as you have peace about the decision you're making for your family. And a lot of times they'll ask me, you know, even past clients when the vaccine came out, reached out like, okay, Nurse J, what, you know, tell me the real, what are you doing? How do you feel about it? And I can only tell them like, this is what I know about it. This is what I don't know. We don't know everything. But what I do know is that I've seen what COVID does to the body. I've seen pregnant women who have contracted COVID. I've seen them in the ICU. Pregnant women in the ICU? Pregnant. And so, in comparison, the best decision may be to get the vaccine in order to protect myself, my family, those around me. It's in my best interest to enjoy them a little longer. (laughs) COVID has taken a lot from people, from our community. And so the more we know about the vaccine, the more opportunity we have to create a safe environment to enjoy them even longer. Well, I do want to ask you about the positive aspects of how we've changed as humans, because of the pandemic, because of coronavirus. And, you know, you begin, you begin this by saying that, that COVID has taken, but in a peculiar sort of irony, it's also given. And I want you to just talk to us about, about that. It's given us time. Like, it's taken time, but it's also given us time. And the fact that it's created opportunities for us to reconnect, to not put it off any longer. Um, this, you know, the story that, or the podcast that I sent when I was looking to come to see you, the woman had lost her best friend to COVID. They had COVID at the same time, and this is someone that she talked to on a daily basis, part of her routine. On my way to work, I talked to her. That's just what we do. And she lost that person. And she talked about how it made her angry, right? But the beauty of it is it also taught her to appreciate the moments, appreciate the time, and reconnect with people, especially people that you have allowed negativity to create space between you. So, and just cherish the moments you have. So, um, we're still having funerals here, right? And I feel for those who have lost the opportunity to grieve and have to do that over Zoom. I can't imagine, right? So 
couple of weeks ago, I lost a family member. And um, on our way to Shreveport, that's where my mother's family's from. And like, yeah, I could, you know, would it have been easier if I could just drive to the funeral, you know, spend time and come back or show face as we say, right? Show face. But what was important to me was to go pick up my aunt, who I haven't really spent a lot of time with. And I got, I got the privilege to drive her, you know, an hour and a half from Shreveport to the funeral. That's an hour and a half of conversation. And I got to take her flowers, because that was important to me, to show my appreciation. And while at the funeral, I got to sit with another aunt. And just so happened these two aunts lost their youngest children. So, I don't know what it's like to lose a child. So I sit with them. I create opportunities to go sit with them. You know, we're going to the same place. I'll come pick you up, auntie. We'll drive together. We'll ride together. And so COVID has shown me the importance of those moments to go and sit with somebody, spend time with somebody, give them their flowers, talk patience, right, empathy. Because even in a virtual space, you pick up on people's emotions. Right, much more than a face-to-face -face interaction because you're wearing your mask, so I can't really read you. But on Zoom, I can read you. So um, this morning, even working with the with a coworker, and I could just tell it's a bad day. And so instead of my first thought being anger, like we supposed to be meeting, you know, we got business. My first thought is like. Man, I can't imagine working from being a supervisor, working from home for a whole year and not having interaction. Today's a hard day. Let's 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 stop talking about business and let's address the hard day. Cuz I don't know how it feels to be alone, living alone, working virtually, only going to the store and back because I'm scared. I don't know how that feel. So I can sit and empathize with you a little bit. I can sit and talk with you a little bit. And the business will come later. We'll, we'll follow up on that next week when it's a better day. We're about to go to break. Listen to this very brief word from one of our sponsors and stay with us. We'll be back momentarily with the Gap podcast series. My name is Kaya and I'm almost a teenager. 
I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie. You're listening to the Gap Podcast Series. We're back to our interview with Jasmine Farish. It's it's peculiar that you that you mentioned that, uh, and I, I may have mentioned to you that last year or maybe year before, uh, you know, we had a show, a television show on on ABC uh, called Journey of Hope. It was a five part documentary series about about Texans beating cancer, living with cancer, the cancer journey. Just an an extraordinary look into the impact that cancer has on the lives of real people and how real people are facing it. And, And, you know, we did five episodes of it, you know, probably filmed, I don't know, 35, 40 people. But one of the interviews with a lady who had, sur- she was a breast cancer survivor. She was into like year six or seven. And she said to me, you know, Lindell, before I had cancer, before I went through surgery and chemotherapy, I was one of those people. If I was behind you at a traffic signal and the light turned green and you didn't go immediately, I mean like nanosecond immediately, I was laying on my horn. (laughs) I was blasting away. I was shaking my fist at you because I I got things to do. I got places to go. And she said, what I, the way that I changed from going through this experience is that I don't do that anymore because you never know what somebody else is facing. You never know what somebody else is facing. What's the value of of simply being engineers of empathy toward others? What's the value in that in the human experience? Just making a conscious choice like you did to show empathy to another human. That's how you build connection, relationships. Like meaningful things. Like, and I think that's another thing about COVID. Like, yeah, I know a lot of people, but do I really know people? Do I know how to serve people? Because that's what it's about, like, Having empathy, that's the way that I serve you, is by holding that space, checking in on you, you know. That it's not about business. The business can wait, you know. 
that's how you you build value and stock in people, not just what they can do for you. And in return, they do a lot. Showing empathy, being patient, understanding, that does a lot for you, yourself. So in a selfish way, it benefits me, you know, to grow that way, to see, to see the world differently. If COVID hasn't shaken your lens up a little bit, like, what will it take? If COVID hasn't shaken your lens up, what will it take? How are your How are your aunts doing? I mean, they both lost children. I mean, that just, I mean, that just went through me like a, like a knife when you said that. Something that was interesting to me is that, you know, one had been recently, last year. The other had been years. But to hear that every day they think about them. They dream about them. They might hear a song and they think about them. That's tough. I can't imagine. It must never go away and it must live in the shadows of your life every day. Who knows what will trigger a memory? In learning or hearing about them processing how to enjoy those moments. Like I think at the beginning, they tried to avoid them. It's too painful. But now the beauty is that we get to sit in those moments, those sweet reminders, and we smile instead of cry. And sometimes we might cry and that's okay too. But I also think it's important Well, it was important for me to share with my aunts the impact that their children had on me. To tell them they did well. Because that's what a mom wants to hear, right? Like, you raised an awesome human being. You You did your job well. They made great impact. Their memories, their works will last. You did a good job. You did a good job. And that's really, that's really all we, that's really all we want to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up our time today, Jasmine, and and I just want to give you the give you the floor to just say or to just be able to say how are you mid or post pandemic wherever we are today? How is Jasmine different? I grew up. 
even down to how I structure my day, right? I think before it was all about being productive, going from here to there, and now I've learned to sit and enjoy, to flow into ease. I've also learned to advocate for myself. To say when it's not a good day and for that to be okay. Learning how to support or show appreciation for people, whether that mean taking them flowers, dropping off food, calling them. I don't want nothing. I just I just call to hear your voice. My grandmother she likes to leave me voicemails so that when she's no longer here, I can play them. I can hear her voice. Because in moments of stress, when we get distracted with life, I like to play those and sit with those. And sometimes that's all it takes, a sweet reminder of someone familiar to let me know everything's okay. Everything is going to be okay. That's pretty powerful. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for just being the extraordinary human being you are. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you. You're listening to the Gap podcast series. Today's episode featuring Jasmine Farish. Thank you for listening. The Gap Podcast Series is produced by Limeville Entertainment in association with Sagasse Media Group. Also, be sure to visit us online at 365plusone.org. That's 365 plus one dot org.